Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Growth Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over 50 million pounds worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special episode of Business Growth Secrets. So I've got two great guests with me today that I'm really looking forward to talking with. We have Graham and Leanne Carling, who are the owners and founders of the Carling Group, which is a portfolio of the businesses that they have grown and invested into around 40 million pounds a year. They have over a billion pounds worth of pipeline deals. So they know a thing or two about business. And I'm really looking forward to getting to know them, hearing some of their journey, uh, talking business with them today. So so welcome on, uh, Graham and Leanne. Welcome. Great to have you. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you for having us, Adam. Yeah, we're, I'm good. We're doing yeah, good. Good, good. Thank you again. Thanks for having us. No, brilliant. Can't, can't wait to, to hear about the journey. You're obviously a husband and wife duo. Um, which we have lots of lots of businesses and lots of businesses that we work with that um, have relationships as well and growing the business. So maybe we even talk a little bit about that. Maybe you got a tip or two around that too. <laughs> so um, really want to hear about. Obviously, you've got this. Um, you live out in Dubai now. Uh, you're investing in businesses. You've got different sectors you invest in, including healthcare, building, IT businesses, clean energy businesses, property businesses. And we've got all these different things happening. But it'd be really good to kind of maybe circle back to the beginning and uh, talk about how did you get into business in the start? Um, what was that like? What type of challenges did you have at the beginning? And, and really share a little bit of the background um, on the both of you and your journey. It'd be awesome. Yeah, OK. Well, thanks. I'll kick off then. Um, we, well, uh, back in the late 90, 90s, early 2000s, I had uh, three I started three businesses, three small businesses, and three of them failed. And it was about 2002, after my third failed business, I was skint, ego-dented, um, you know, plied bruise, really at a low ebb. And I caught the tail end of uh, an Oprah Winfrey show where she was uh, uh, interviewing Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad Poor Dad. He was promoting his book and discussing the book um, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. So I... I went and bought the book and um, it was really a, like a light bulb moment for me. I'd had to go back to mainstream employment. Uh, I, you know, I had to recover from where I was financially. I had to, um, you know, uh, really try and get myself in a better place. Uh, not that mainstream employment, you know, I never wanted to work for somebody else. I was just, I had to go back, get some security and stability, recover financially. And having read that book as I started back, you know, in a job, you know, just over broke. Um, I, it took me five years. I just, it was a real light bulb moment for me, that book and what it taught me about really how much I didn't know about money and finance and debt and tax and leverage and, and all of that stuff. I, I just I had no idea. And that was a big part of my failings in my sort of first three businesses. But it wasn't until 2007 
in the mark when the market crashed, the financial market crash, that Leanne and I quit our jobs and embarked on the property business. And we started buying properties when everybody was getting out of the property business, we were getting in. So I'll let Leanne tell you her, her you know, how, 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 uh, how we came about. No, as, as Graham said, he, he'd started his own businesses before I hadn't. I had always worked my way up the corporate ladder with, within distribution, but I never, ever lasted any longer than 18 months at a job. Always chasing promotion and always moving to bigger and better things, but I just couldn't understand why I was, you know, my mum and dad had safe, secure jobs for life, you know, 33 years with one company, 29 years with the other, you know, both, both mm-hmm. parents. My dad kept saying, you're going to be unemployable, Leanne, if you keep moving jobs. You know, they'll be asking why. And I just didn't know what it was, but I was always looking for something better, a better opportunity. So when I met Graham, as Graham had said, he'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The first gift that Graham bought me was Rich Woman, which is uh, written by Kim Kiyosaki, Robert's wife. Um, And I was like, what is this? So I read it, loved it, and then read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And as Graham said, so we met in 2005 and in 2007, we both quit our jobs on the same day to pursue our um, property business journey. And that's lovely. So you both came together, both were ambitious. Yeah. Um, And and it's interesting. You've got one corporate ladder uh, mentality, which a lot of people people have that. and, And perhaps that is a real sign of that entrepreneurial aspect that you were searching for more and wanted new opportunities. And we've got the other side of the businesses. Now, even before we get into where that moved from, I'm really interested to hear the three businesses that you started that didn't quite work for you. Yeah. Now, looking back, having built successful businesses, invested in businesses, what do you think, uh, Graham, was the, the challenge with those? Was it a lack of information? Was it you were trying and guessing? What what were the, the things that held you back in those endeavours? You know, wrong advice. I was surrounded by the wrong, I was in the wrong environment. I had the wrong advisors, which was, were my family and friends, you know, who weren't successful in their own right. They were corporate people, had never taken the leap of, uh, into, you know, leap of faith or, or actually, uh, you know, embarked on their own, um, running their own company and, and, and all the, the, you know, the challenges that go along with that. So it was the wrong environment. It was the wrong advice. I was undercapitalized. You know, I, I, I didn't have enough knowledge of how money, the money system worked, leverage, you know, debt leverage, but it all goes back to the environment. You know, I, I always had my, you know, my bum twitching. I wanted to do something and work for myself. I just hadn't worked it out yet how to do it. So there were many lessons during that that are, that have right. really served me well. And one of the things that, you know, we stick to this, to this day you know, more than, you know, money or anything like that, everybody thinks is the, is the be all and end or not. It's the noise, it's the environment, it's the, it's what, it's what you're taking in and consuming that, that for us, you know, we say like, you know, we just, we just cut out the noise as much as we can because it's everywhere. So, um, that was, that was, that was certainly one of the big lessons, um, for, for me. And today we, as Graham says, we still stand by that. You know, if we, if we know that there's something, or someone in our environment that's that's not helping us or you know help us achieve our goals, we cut quick. And if when we didn't do that previously, it cost it caused us more problems. Yeah, yeah. But uh-huh. normally it's, it's family and friends that love you and want the best for you, and you know are terrified for you and all that stuff. 
but you know, there's some of the worst people that uh, they give you advice. If you, you know, we 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 early on sought advisors and people that had walked the walked the talk, had done it, and, and were hugely successful, not just moderately successful, very successful to the position that we wanted to be in. We always say, you know, for the advisors, ask yourself, are they qualified to give you advice? You know, are they where you want to be mm-hmm. and want to go? Yes. If you want to swap places, then don't take advice from them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, absolutely. So mm. we get to this point, we've 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 quit the, the corporate ladder. Yep. We've, uh, we've quit the job. We're back ready to go, you know, mm. perhaps put some of the scars of the past behind us. What what are the first moves that you make to well, start? Well, yeah. well, first of all, you know, we were we were shitting ourselves, you know, we were, we were terrible because <laughs> we we're going back in the game here, you know, right back into it. And um, but we we the time was right. If we, you know, we'd we'd watched, we'd waited, property was on sale at a discount. If we were if we were right in everything that we learned. We had to commit to it. So we had to go all in. Now, Leanne was pregnant at the time. We just bought a new house. We had good jobs, earning decent money. So the outside world thought we were crazy because, you know, mm. we were we were doing, for most people, you know, very well in that respect. So, but the market, the times, there was an opportunity. And it's one of the things that we are good at is, is, is spotting opportunity and, and going after it. So whilst everybody was out and there was a whole fear in the marketplace, we went for it. And the objective at the time was simply to replace our net income that we get from our jobs. There was no grand plan on, you know, millions or billions or anything like that at that time. It was simply stage one was to replace it, to become financially free, that our investments through the real estate or property would cover our net income on a monthly basis. And that was it. And we thought to ourselves... Look, you know, we would take us two or three years to get there. We managed to do it within a year. Well, actually, we're ahead of that. We were we were in a really good place because once we got the momentum going, things really started to work in our favour. So um, the 2008 sort of period, the financial crash, when everybody was out and, and uh, going against them, you know, we, we um, you know, that was a good year for us. Yeah. And I... I- in my corporate role, my corporate role was um, acquisitions, procurement. So I'm a big believer that you make more when you buy, not when you sell. So when you, you buy well, yeah. you yeah. make more. Absolutely. And I think it's actually a really important lesson because like one of my strong beliefs is it really is a, you know, business is a game of percentage gains. And, and I think people, you have to set those, you know, we're at point A, we want to be at point B. And you identifying that point B to not say I'm going to quit my job and be a millionaire yeah. is is you're, t- is you're taking the point B out of sight. But if you're like, yeah. you know, I'm going to replace my income, and then when we get there, we'll reassess, we'll revalue, yeah. and then we'll build again, right? And yeah. then we get there, then we'll do the same. And yeah. I think it's actually a really good bit of advice for business owners that are that are watching is is to set those those goals that are achievable. That they can mm. work towards and build from. So so awesome. So we did that within a year. And you yeah. often see that's the case, right? There's a lot of people do that. They if they have that exact mentality. So if somebody's listening to this or in a job right now, that is the exact mentality. First step, how to replace my income so I can actually have some freedom and some control. You yeah. did that in a year, which is awesome. Um, but and how do we move them from doing some property deals to 
investing in businesses? What, what was kind of the next steps on the journey and how did that start to build towards where we are now? Well, we actually, what had happened was we got there. We got there quicker than we thought. So then we said, what do, what do we do the next year? Your, your A to B, your B then becomes the new A and you've got a new B. So if it was simply, dead simple, we just wanted to double it. So if we, imagine if we doubled it. Then the next year, if we doubled it again. So within a space of about a five or six year period, we became one of the largest landlords in Scotland, uh, private residential landlords in Scotland, just by continuing to go. The, the finance market changed. We had to fix it. People were sitting on the fence, um, uh, waiting on, you know, the markets coming back. We never really knew the, 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 the real halcyon days. We got in sort of at the tail end. So we've always had to figure it out. How do we raise more equity or more capital? Hmm. So we just got to a point where we had, and you know, and we diversified. We were doing some redevelopments, and um, right. uh, you know, yeah, you know. So uh, we didn't do new builds, yeah. but we did commercial to Resi, and we got involved in some commercial stuff, some student accommodation. So we kind of diversified a bit. Hmm. But what I said was, look, you know, the property market was getting tougher, and what we wanted to do, particularly as the rules were changing, we wanted to then. Get, um, you know, businesses, we were having to upgrade our properties, spend a lot of money on them to stay, you know, to, to, to keep, uh, you know, within the regulations and the legislation. And we've seen that that was all, you know, that was only going to get tighter going forward. So we wanted to be part of the other side of the fence that would be doing the work and capitalizing uh, on that stuff. So that was kind of, it was kind of a natural progression for us, Adam, that we went into the business side from just only in the real estate side. And I think, Certainly. So we've been doing, we haven't bought any, any real estate wise for five, six years now because we just pivoted uh, out into businesses. And I must admit, I, I enjoy the business side of it way more than the, than the property side, personally. I think just for your listeners as well, that we, we always plan and review. So, yep. we, you know, what, what, what have we been good at? What, what do we need to improve on? And I think when we were looking, when we first started, we were buying one property at a time. Mm-hmm. And then we reviewed it and we thought, right, see if we're buying six, 10, 50 properties at a time, it's the same process, it's just a bigger number. Mm-hmm. And I think a bit of advice that we always say, we were always told, start small, take baby steps. If we could go back, we would start bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And, and as you moved into the business, what sort of skills did you need to develop that you've obviously got good at the property game you've moved yeah. into the business game yeah. what, did you have new challenges did you feel like yeah. you had skill did you get around new people what was your kind of next moves to start well, with that environment? yes great question and i'm dead clear on this it went from i or us to we when you're running a business it's a team of people that you need, particularly if you want to run big business. Yeah. Most people get stuck on small business and they're doing everything. You know, they are every they are the business. We want we didn't want that. We didn't want to buy a job or or, or have we wanted to make sure that we were building companies, building businesses. So to do that, we needed to go from us to we. And one of the first things that we done was we we went and got other people that were better, more experienced. Than us, so we created a board of directors, some non-exec, some of them just part-time, but we brought in a team of people that were able to give us better advice and better advisors, external advisors, because the plan was to go and do things we'd never done before. So mm-hmm. we wanted to go in and it was the stakes were bigger, you know, the challenges were bigger. 
So we needed more people. And I think that that's probably some of the things that is the difference between a small business owner and big business is they get stuck in the eye. You know, we didn't want to get there. We wanted to get to the we as soon as possible because we don't want most people get stuck there, small business, mm. you know, two, three, four staff and maybe earning a decent living. But, but you know, we wanted to be big business. That was, that was our plans. So as you, as you went and brought that board of directors in, what were some of the advice and guidance that that board of directors, those non-execs gave you that stuck with you? There's some certain things that really helped you. Well, I think, I think certainly on um, the, the profile and their experience helped. Um, you know, we were property guys. How do you how do you go from being a property guy in Scotland to buying businesses all over the world? You need to have a team of people that are credible, that have the experience, that are qualified in their own right, with CFO, legal, you know, uh, all of that, chairman, you know, or chairman's OBA, um, you know, 60 years of, you know, he's an, old, he's an older guy now, but um, wise old fox, you know, that yeah. just uh, and keeps things right. And I think... If you want to play the bigger games, you've got to you've got to start off with the right intentions, and certainly from a corporate compliance point of view, you're, you know we, we had a board of directors before we had a single customer or we had a single uh, you know a single bit of income. So was, but That's we were, actually very unusual, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we we were yeah, we which is really good, right? Yeah, mm. we had to we had to put our money where our mouth was mm. if you like to do that. If we were committed, and it's one of the things. Just you know, talking when we are in something, we are all in. Mm. You know, so it's yeah. I think, I think it's a lot of our boards, you know, being very emotional and passionate people about what we do, but sometimes they just take the not the sting, but the you the know emotion. the emotion out of it, and you know, there's a process yeah, to get. When you're big action takers, you need someone around you. Yeah. That is prepared to say, well, yeah. Yeah. consider yeah. this aspect or this aspect. And usually yeah. you end up taking the same action, but sometimes yeah. the action you don't take that makes all the difference, right? So, yeah. so when, yeah. when you're the big action taker, the big, uh, which it sounds like you both are, right? And well, you know, you say that because what we say is, and it's, it's so true, some of the best deals we've done are the deals we have we didn't do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I really, you know, we've dodged some bullets because of, you know, we've had conversations or meetings or somebody's just to uh, have a look at this. And I think this is where we get quite emotional and, <laughs> and maybe disagree on things because I always say we've got a, a criteria that we're looking for in a business. Don't make... Make, don't the, don't bend the rules or try and make the business fit into your criteria if it doesn't, because that's when you end up with problems. So um, we're quite um, mm-hmm. good at sticking to the criteria now. <laughs> so, so now you now you invest in businesses. So you've gone on this journey, had the right advice, the right guide, guidance. You now live in Dubai. You're investing in businesses. When you invest in a business, what does that look like? What's your kind of the moves that you make? Do you have a process, a system that you? Yeah. We work through. How does that look? Well, we have a number of sort of uh, avenues, if you like, that of how we um, it, we very rarely buy businesses that are on the open market for sale. We generally go out looking for, we go searching for businesses that fit our criteria, or we're approached, or our outward marketing, or um, just even being on podcasts like this. You know, where people are interested. You know, they maybe have a a business they want to scale up. You know. They would want to talk to us about that. So that, that's how they, they come into us. They come in various sort of ways and shapes and sizes. We're pretty clear on our 
criteria though, when they come into us. And the mo- we, we, we know there's a lot of most of the deals we don't do, but most of the opportunities that come in. But it's a numbers game, so we just we're just continually every day um, look, looking uh, or discussing uh, deals that get presented to us. And I think once you get a track record of you know somebody that does deals and can do deals and you know does what they say, you you know we say we're going to do, we'll do it. Um, it kind of attracts. You know, we attract a lot more now than the early days where we really had to go out sort of hunting. Yeah, yeah. I think when you've got a strict criteria, even when we go back go back to the properties, I didn't even need to, if the numbers worked within our criteria, I didn't even need to go and view the properties and waste my time. It was just a, a, a numbers game. Sure. Does this property, does this portfolio fit? Yeah. Yes, no. And if it, it worked, then you, you do more due diligence. But yeah. um, yeah. so many people are just going about you know, looking at things when yeah. when it doesn't fit to start with. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much opportunity out there, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. you 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 get a business owner come to you and they say they do fit the criteria and mm-hmm. you've got to do business with them and you made this decision that you want to be a part of this. What are some of the challenges that you typically encounter and some of the things that you do to mitigate those challenges? Do you have is there uh is it very bespoke or do you see the same sort of challenges time and time again? It depends on the size of the business. Now, if it's an owner-operator that's had it for 30 years, the biggest challenge to that is seller's remorse. You know, where you get to the end, they're chopping and changing their mind all the way through it. There's, you know, they're, they're nearly there then, oh, what are they doing? And, and, and all that stuff. So we like to get those deals done quickly because what we've found is the longer they linger or, or, or you know, you're in this diligence period, the more issues that can come up during that. So we like to get the ones on owner-operators that have been going for a while. The bit, the, the larger ones take a bit longer. Um, you're dealing with, um, say, you know, maybe more shareholders. Um, there's maybe less emotion in, in that, but there's more complications because there's so many different uh, decision makers. Mm-hmm. So, so again, you know, it's, it really depends on the size of the deal. And um, I suppose as well uh, where it is, you know, deals can get done in the US far quicker, for example, than what you can get done uh, in the UK. Right. And why would that be? Why are the deals in the US far quicker? You know, they're, they're just, you know, if you're going, even, even like if you're going to sell a finance deal, mm. you know, if you're, if you're trying to do the fair thing, if you're buying, a, we're buying a business in the UK from somebody who's never sold the business before and maybe went to want, you know, a brokerage or, or a, an advisor you know, they maybe bring an advisor in at the end because, you know, they've been spooked or they don't understand the process. Um, it, 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 it slows it down, it complicates it. Then there's, you know, there's this, there's less. It's normal for deferred considerations, for example, earnouts and um, seller, fund, seller finance in the US. I mean, it's part of the vocabulary when you're talking to them over there, whereas in the UK, it's like you're trying to teach them or, or, or you know, it's, it's a bit more tricky. You, you, even, also, see, right? yeah. you even see in the US, they advertise. Yeah, they sell do. Seller finance welcome. Yeah, available. Available, you know, so they're more open. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. more, more open to the types of deals. So, you know, through, the, through this journey then, if you had to sort of sum up, and, and there's quite a few, there's been loads of lessons as you've been talking that I'm certainly taking uh, notice of and, and, and can see. If you kind of had to sum it up in terms of going from being in a place where you weren't in business, 
you've had businesses that didn't work, you were stuck in jobs that you didn't like, to actually being able to go and build a portfolio of businesses, a portfolio of properties, you know, get that to the point where you're doing big deals regularly and yeah. in place. What would, say, the five lessons be if you could sum it up to five lessons of the changes that you made to go on that journey? Well, you need to commit to it first. You absolutely need to commit. I, to get to where we are, or what we do, you can't do it. It's not a side hustle. It's not something you did at the weekend or at night. You have to commit to it and be all in. And, you know, it's... What does all in look like to you? I don't want to... I know we said five. Let's go well, with this one a bit deeper. What does all in look like to you? All in is... People ask us, does it interfere with your personal life, your work life? And we get asked this question all the time, particularly because we're husband and wife. So I don't know what you're talking about. I have no <laughs> idea what you mean by that. <laughs> we have one life. It yeah. is our kids have been brought up. They mm. have since they were since they were baby, well, forever. They have only known us to be the way that we are. Whether we can travel the world, but we're working. We can be anywhere and do anything, but we're working. You know, it's, and it's not something we think about. It's not it's a, And we, you know, we 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 love what we're doing. So yeah. all that means all in. If we we can go on holiday tomorrow if we want. But if, if there's something comes up, we're not going on holiday. We're, we're, we're away. We're doing it. And we, we don't think anything of that. We, we, don't have, we don't have a work-life balance. And people say, mm. you know, oh, do you have a work-life balance? No, we don't. We have balance, but we balance it to what we want. So, you know, and I, I'll, I'll give the example, you know, sports day at the school. You know, I'll prepare to go, but if something comes up, I've got to deal with it within our business. But it's not, it's not a big deal for me because... And it's not a big deal for the kids because they understand yep. the way we live. Yep. So, you know, it's not, there's not tears. Oh, you didn't make it. They're, you know, oh, you never came. Or mm. no, we're there for things that are really important to them and, and vice versa. But they understand that they've got the yep. life that they live because we work so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and, and it, it is really si- quite simple, actually. If you want it badly, you yep. are going to do the work to get it, right? And yep. uh, there's a lot of people that want it badly, but they don't want to do the work. No, no, no. <laughs> they don't want to pay the price for it. And yeah, yeah that, that's basically the yeah. yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, we want, I think it, the, the life is, well, we love the, the life that we, I that think we live. I the important thing you said is if you enjoy it, because I love what I do. Yeah. It never feels like work for me because yeah. I, love, I love what I do. And I think if yeah. you get into that mode of loving what you do, that really helps, right? So commit is one. What else we will we say? Team, teams. A team, yeah. I mean, yeah. You need to. I, I think that it depends on the size you want to get. You need a team of people. You need great advisors. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I think it's not just great advisors, and it stops there. You are always upgrading your advisors. We want to pay the most fees we can. It's the opposite, mm-hmm. because we're going to get the best advice from the best company. So we need to earn more in order to be able to get that because that's just how it works. Most, you know, we've, we've learned the lesson of having your, you know, your cousin's granny do your books for you. You know what I mean? That disaster, you know, all of that stuff. So we, we, we actively seek out the best companies uh, with, with the best reputation that you can. Again, difficult when you've just started, like, you've not got the money, but that should be the aspiration and for us, that was one of the, the lessons. lessons you know, yeah. we, we had a you know a bookkeeper at the start that gave us loads of wrong advice, and it ended up costing us money. Well, you know, so it was a yeah. huge, huge lesson. So you know, we did okay. We didn't pay the money at the time, but we paid it in the, the long run. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So get great advice, build the team, and a couple, yeah. more, a couple more nuggets. What else did you say? No, I think I think. Well, I mean, we keep uh, team advisors. People cut quick. You need to cut quick. Where where we've made errors has been where we've been too loyal to the person and not loyal to their output or what we're getting from them on results, and that has hurt us. Uh, over over years, we've had some real ones because we're very loyal people. People are very loyal to us, and that's the hardest ones. You know, they're genuinely good people. But as the business grows, as we've grown, and the team grows, and they haven't been able to adapt to that growth, unfortunately, the results that we're getting from them, and it hinders the progress for everybody else. We've been liable in the past for being too loyal to the to the person rather than the result. So. We we don't do that now. We cut quick and we just, you know, we just got to move on. So that's I think that's one of the key one uh, for me. Key. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I love the fact you said the output, you know, because that's how yeah. you, you know you got to measure it coldly, right? And and that's yeah. really important. I think actually anyone that's been in business for a, a long time could definitely resonate with that. I certainly resonate with that because you know you want to bring people on your journey with you, but if you bring them on the journey and they're not meant to be in that place, it's no good for yeah. them. It's no good for you. Right. So yeah. it can cause you big. And, uh, and I must ask, I think obviously being a, a husband wife team, have you got any tips for the husband wife business owners? The, you know, what would you say? How do we, how do, how do people build a great uh, business or property portfolio whilst working with their other half? Do you have any secrets? Is there any, uh, any special source or is, I'm asking. I knew, I knew Leanne was going to answer this first. <laughs> I would say, I would, we always say stay in your own lane. Yeah. So do what you're good at. You know, I know um, Graham's strengths. He knows mine. Um, and that's what we do in the business. So, you know, I'm good at identifying, negotiating deals. And then I get them to a certain point that Graham then works with the finance, getting the, you know, the, the investment and he and the legals. And then it comes back to me for the management side. So so we know what we're good at. And the minute that we start putting our foot in a, each other's lanes, there's the clash. Absolutely. So identify your strengths. Work on your strengths. Your own lane. <laughs> All right. Brilliant. Look, I think it's been, uh, and where can people find you if they wanted to see a bit more about uh, your business investment portfolio? Do you have a specific, I know it's Carling Group. Do you have a website? Yeah, yeah, uh, the carlinggroup.co.uk uh, or on LinkedIn, Graham Carling uh, or Leanne Carling on, on LinkedIn. the main areas where people can get in touch with us. So, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And are you looking for deals and investments in businesses right now? Is that something? Absolutely. That that's, that's all we do. Yeah. Um, that's all we do. It's, let's say it's a numbers game. We spend you know, three quarters of our life looking and looking for um, new opportunities. Brilliant. Well, go and go and check them out at thecarlinggroup.co.uk. Graham, Leanne, it's been a been an absolute pleasure. Love talking to you. I think there's lots of wise wise lessons there that people can really pick up on, and it's incredible incredible journey. So, congratulations to you both on on your results, and I'm looking forward to seeing how you develop and grow even more. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you, Adam. Thank Thanks you very much. Thanks. Appreciate that. Thank you. Pleasure. Hi everybody, Adam here. 
and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive Academy Days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.